Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Your Purpose is Beauty. My name is Mercedes and today we are just going to have good old product talk. Upon reflection, I've realized that I have some sort of inner archivist in me where I get really hung up on not wanting to let products go by or out the door or in the trash or whatever it may be. I don't like to let things go until I have somehow documented my thoughts on them. And to date, it's been, I mean, impossible to really fully capture everything. I wish you guys could see what Lamore HQ looks like <laughs> the, the like whole section of my closet that is devoted to beauty products. Although it sort of pales in comparison to other content creators' beauty rooms, I feel that people have entire rooms that are dedicated to their beauty journalism efforts. Anyway, I started thinking about it and I realized that there are really four main categories of how beauty products fit in my life. Okay. So the first category are products that I absolutely love. I will repurchase as soon as they run out. They are holy grail, top hits. I recommend them. Love, love, love. Then there's the second category of products where I tend to use them all the way up and enjoy them to varying degrees. But these are usually the products that will end up in an empty products video of which I've done many, many, many. I'll try and link a playlist of all the empty products videos I've done on YouTube in the show notes. And these are products that I generally really like, but I may not run out and purchase them right away, but I like them enough to use them all the way up. Okay. Then there's a third and fourth category of products. And the fourth category is also very clear cut. And they are the disappointing products, products that I don't want to finish that I think are fatally flawed in some way. Generally, it's not that I think that they would be good for someone with a different skin type or a different you know, proclivity towards products than I have. I mean, sometimes that's the case, but a lot of times products that I deem disappointing or falling short are really do generally have some sort of fatal flaw in the formulation or the preservation system or something is just off. And these are all captured in this disappointing products content that I've done. Again, I'll try and link everything in a playlist. Those tend to actually be very, very popular videos. Everybody wants to hear the dirt. And honestly, a lot of content creators still don't like to talk negatively about products, even though I've never seen that as talking negatively. I've viewed it as critically thinking about products. And I don't know, this is, again, is the point between being an influencer and being a journalist, I think. Anyway. Okay. But then there's this third, almost like interstitial category of products that that aren't fully disappointing, right? Like they're not bad products, but they're also not products that I end up using all the way through. Maybe I use them for a couple of times to even some of these products I use a third halfway, even sometimes I guess, yeah, I would say in this category, I don't tend to use the products more than halfway. I ju- They just kind of cycle out. I do really, really regular product rotation. I'm always assessing what I have on my skincare cabinet or in my makeup bags and moving things in and out. And I have this collection of products that 
I tend to put in a pile that gets gifted onto people, either family and friends or in real life friends, or more commonly, I do these big product divestments on Patreon. I will put products into these bundles and I'll film it and do just kind of like a first come first serve people write me and want to try the products and I just send them the products completely for free. I pay for shipping. That's another perk of being a Lamore patron. I'm always trying to find ways to say thank you. And divesting these sometimes almost new to gently used products for people to try has been a really good way for me to not create waste and pass product on. But I, what happens with that category of products is there's never really a good opportunity to talk about them. And why I'm passing them on or why they're not necessarily for me, but who they might be good for and who I think could get good use out of them. So I have, this is a very long-winded intro, but I have created this third category of products that I am going to call my product crit series. Product crit, short for critique, stems from, there's like a little backstory to this. Anyone that's ever been in art school or getting an MFA or something will probably know this reference. I had a good friend when I was in graduate school. I was doing my doctoral work and he was actually working on an MFA at the Rhode Island School of Design in Providence. And we would, you know, he was actually a friend that I used to DJ with and we did some artistic collaborations and whatnot together. But, you know, we would be meeting up for a coffee or to work on something and he'd be like, oh, like I just came from my digital media crit or something. And I guess, I mean, I've never been in art or design school, but their crits are, I guess, what they do at the end of the semester and all the students get together and critique each other's final projects or things like that. So it's always stuck in my mind. He's like, oh yeah, I just came from my my sculpture crit or my digital media crit or something. And so I want to call this my product crit series. These are not necessarily disappointing products, but they're not necessarily products that I liked for me, but they're still good products and I like to pass them on. So let's try it as a podcast. All of these categories, whether my holy grails, things I repurchase, things I use up and liked, but maybe don't run out and buy again. This category, my product crit category, and the disappointing products video, they could all be either videos or podcasts. So I think I'm just going to kind of play around with what format I endeavor to tackle all of that in. Okay, I'm being really, really wordy. Why don't we just, well, actually, why don't I quickly first just tell you where else you can find me and then we'll start talking about products. Instagram at Lamoria La Musique. You can find all of my 400 plus videos that I have published over the last five years on YouTube, youtube.com slash Lamoria La Musique. And if you would like to be involved in supporting the content that I make, you can go to patreon.com slash Lamoria La Musique. I have, I think, four different tiers of support. And with that comes nested bonus content, meaning that at each higher level, you also get the benefits that are at the tiers below. If you have any questions about that, you can always feel free to drop me a line, lamorelamusique at gmail.com. I think that's everything. I'm going to try and have every product I talk about listed, maybe not in the show notes because I'm still trying to figure out how show notes are analogous or different from YouTube description boxes. But I will find a way to list all of these products for you. And if not in the show notes for this episode, then on a blog post on my website, lamorialamusique.com. 
Unfortunately, I don't have a strong sense of organization for this podcast. I I don't know if you can hear that. I have a pretty sizable credo bag. I think it's, I don't know, like an eight by 11 size maybe. And it's it's full to the brim. So I'm just going to pick out and start chatting. So right here on the top, I have the Wabi Sabi Valley of Light Illuminative Mask. This was part of a Beauty Heroes indie discovery. They curated three different boxes from three new up-and-coming independent beauty brands, Wabi Sabi, Ranavat, and Beneath Your Mask. And in the Wabi Sabi box, there was a really, really high-powered serum that I really liked. It also included a toner called The Offering, which I think I have since gifted on. That wasn't for me. And if I had been doing these product crits before I sent that away, that, that would be a product in this video. And then this Valley of Light mask. So this is a... I think I have tried it once or twice. It is a powdered cacao mask. I'm, I just gave it a whiff. I'm trying to think of what it's sort of similar to. I guess it is sort of vaguely might remind me, at least an experience of the laurel powdered masks that you have to mix with usually water, but you can mix them with toner or honey or you know any kind of mixing medium you want really. I just found this to be honestly a little bit drying for my skin. However, it's a beautiful product. And if you are someone that wants a product that you can kind of keep around for a while, a powdered mask is a really good option. I'm actually really intrigued to try the Wabi Sabi oil cleanser. It's like a coffee oil cleanser. My friend Perrine mentioned it to me and now it's been like sitting sitting in my mind on my like ongoing beauty wishlist mind. I think it's called The Giver. So that's what I'm curious to try from Wabi Sabi. Valley of Lights will be getting passed on. Speaking of Laurel, I have an almost full-size jar of the Healing Balm. Now, this is actually a super, super beautiful product. And I'm I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> like now that I have it here, I'm like, am I passing this on? Laurel products are some of my very favorites. They really work for me. The way that she formulates, I think, has so much integrity and the products are really powerful. I think my issue with this is how I just don't really enjoy the scent. And ergo, I don't really enjoy using it that much, at least as a face balm. I mean, this really is meant for any kind of trouble, skin spots you might have like eczema patches or like a burn or an insect bite. So in that sense, I guess it could be something good to keep around. It says for dry, damaged, sensitive, or troubled skin, apply small amounts to face and body as needed. I think it's a really effective, beautifully formulated balm, but it's very, I don't know, I don't love the scent and I just wasn't enjoying it as part of my evening skincare routine. I can also say the same for the Laurel I think it's called the anti-inflammatory serum. I love her sun serum. It used to be called the sun damage repair serum. But I had a similar olfactory halt, I guess, with the anti-inflammatory oil. Very similar in scent to the healing balm. They're just a little bit intense. So I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do with that yet. It's a beautiful product, but not for me. Okay, next I have a tested once, Josh Rosebrook Vital Balm Cream, Cream Facial Moisturizer. This came, sorry, you're probably going to hear <laughs> like boxes and shuffling and things in the background of this because I'm kind of opening and assessing products as I go. 
screwing off lids and whatnot. Um, this came in the Beauty Heroes box from just a couple months ago that was featuring Josh's newly released product, the Hydration Boost Concentrate. That box also included the Hydrating Accelerator as well as a jar of the Vital Balm Cream. And I actually wasn't going to test this at all until I was starting to hear that the formula had changed slightly from the first generation of this product. So I tried it once just for posterity's sake. I had initially, when I tried this product several years ago or whenever it launched, found it to be too occlusive. I'm a normal skin type and I think drier, dehydrated skin types really love this product. I do think it is also oil-free, I want to say, and that tends to be a selling point for a lot of people that want to limit the oils in their skincare routine for whatever reason. So again, case of beautiful product, but just not not really hitting the mark for me. Um, I act my skin actually does better with oils and a balm that is an oil-based balm. Uh, my skin just seems to do better with those. I tried this and it is indeed a slightly different texture, but still not necessarily in a way that made me want to keep using it. So I love the brand. I love Josh. The Vital Balm Cream just isn't for me. Okay, I have a half, mm, half to two-thirds full pump bottle of the Skin Owl Neck Plus Super Smoothing and Contouring Neck Concentrate. I had a moment with this where I was really enjoying using it. It is designed for all skin types, a symphony of healing herbs, organic restorative plant and flower compounds, and ocean minerals. You're supposed to sweep it over slightly damp skin and massage into your like neck, obviously, as the name would imply. I would often do on my decollete as well. Uh, okay, what to say about this? It just became, and listen, I am, <laughs> if you know any of my previous content, the word superfluous does not exist for me as far as beauty and beauty routines are concerned. I will do a million and one steps as part of skincare, makeup, anything having to do with a ritual or a routine. But I just found that this was not something I was reaching for a ton. It was really comfortable going on. It has a really nice cooling sensation. So I think maybe when I was more in my immediate postpartum life, I really appreciated kind of the rejuvenating feeling I and like just kind of like woke me up <laughs> feeling that I would get from this. But then I just found myself sort of reaching for it less and less. Uh, I do have another decollete treatment from Five Yina. And I also don't find myself reaching that much for that. Some of it is that I would rather focus my time on facial massage and doing a really, really in-depth facial massage and cleanse. So that's kind of more where I spend my time and I kind of will incorporate neck and decollete massage into that, although frankly, not as much as I should. Here's the other weird thing, and this is probably just my own weird aversion. Sometimes I get a little wary of... I guess for lack of a better word, regularly putting a product with herbs and extracts and things that I haven't had time to fully research on my neck and like my thyroid and that area, just because it is so sensitive to, I don't know, picking up ingredients. I know a lot of people say that products like don't penetrate the skin, but we're just going to bracket that for a minute. Um, I... 
I don't know. It's just like one of those weird intuitive things where I'm like, I don't know if I want to be putting this product like over my thyroid and my neck like every single day. And I'm sure that it's fine. It's just like a weird thing that sometimes I go through and I want to just be conscious and aware of. Okay, next, another Beauty Heroes product is the Jane Scrivener Over Oil Cream. This came in a Beauty Heroes box many months ago. I think it was maybe even like last, sorry, I just gave it a whiff. Mm, I don't know, maybe last like late spring, early summer. The Jane Scrivener box had Jane Scrivener's Cleansing Balm, which I used all the way up and adored. My favorite Jane Scrivener product I've tried is definitely that cleansing balm. And it also came with a full size of this over oil cream. I It takes a lot for me to like a traditional cream, like a water-based moisturizer. I tend to be much more of a oil serum balm layerer. That's how I like to layer my skincare. So like eight times out of 10, I'm probably going to go for a balm over a cream-based moisturizer. That said, I will try them and see how they do. And I have yet to find moisturizers that I like better than Iuna Cream 2. And more recently, the Infiore... Oh God, why am I blanking on the name of it? Creme de Fleur, it's called. I tried a sample of it, which wasn't enough time to give me obviously a longitudinal perspective on it, but those two I love. I love everything about the experience of using them. I love the effect. The Jane Scrivener Over Oil Cream has a very traditional rose scent, which can be hit or miss for some people. So the scent wasn't my favorite, but it is a cream that's designed to be used over a face oil. So if you're someone that likes to use face oils and you want a formulation that's specifically designed to work with that and you don't mind a predominant rose scent in a product, it is quite lovely. It just didn't have a longstanding place in my routine. And I'd like someone else to try and get to use it. Okay, I have two Captain Blankenship products. One of them is brand new. One of them I did test. They are from a detox market detox box that featured, I want to say four or five Captain Blankenship hair products, the dry shampoo and uh, there was also like a body soap in there. Anyway, the two products here to talk about today are the Mermaid Sea Salt Hairspray and the Mermaid Hair Oil. The sea salt spray I have used in the past, again, a product I am infinitely picky about. And quite frankly, has anything ever been better than John Frieda Beach Waves from the 90s? And maybe the early aughts, they still made that. Talk about a cult product. That Bottles of that were going for a lot of money on eBay after it was discontinued. But I think I started using that product in the late 90s. And I think everyone was kind of devastated when it was gone. I don't even know if it's a product I would use today, but I've never really met a sea salt spray that comes close to that. The Orbe Dry Texturizing Spray, I quite like, but it's not, and it's not eco. I don't really care about that necessarily. If the product's good, I make a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a purist when it comes to products. And I have tried, for example, I guess I would say the Innersense Texturizing Spray and the Modern Minerals Texturizing Spray, I like better than the Captain Blankenship Mermaid Sea Salt Hairspray. It just leaves my hair like a little stringy, a little crunchy. I think it's better suited for people with like thicker, coarser hair, which is not me. 
And then the mermaid hair oil was actually really quite nice. It comes in a one fluid ounce dropper bottle. And again, I am very picky with hair oils. I will try any, but the pinnacle of an effective, beautiful, sensorial, luxurious hair oil to me is the Uma Intensely Nourishing Hair Oil. In fact, I've had it on my to repurchase list for a long time. And it's one of those products that just has like taken a real backseat. I mean, doing a really intense scalp massage is something I wish I had time for in my beauty routine. But again, I tend to focus a lot of my energy on facial massage and cleansing. Mermaid hair oil was nice. Let me remind myself of the scent. Kind of rosemary-ish. So a lot of hair oils tend to have that rosemary scent because it's very, very good for scalp health. Some other hair oils that I like are the Inner Sense hair oil. And Activist, I think, still does a hair oil in their line. I recently was also trying the Tabitha James Cron hair oil, which, as luck would have it, is sitting here in my bag for this product crit. I used like an eighth of the bottle, maybe. Really, really, really wanted the Tabitha James Cron hair oil to work for me. This one is in the scent Amber Rose and has organic sea buckthorn, rosehip, safflower, goji berry, and argan infused with some beautiful essential oils. I have always struggled with this brand. Again, it was in a Beauty Heroes box along with the I forget the name of her second range of shampoo and conditioner. Is it called like the cashmere line or something? Or they they say you get cashmere hair from it. While I like that shampoo and conditioner better than the first wave of hair cleansing products that Tabitha James Cron did, they still really don't work for me. They're difficult to use. And they, yeah, I don't know, you really have to work to get to get your hair clean with them. The hair oil I like, it just, I don't know. I don't even know if I can put my finger exactly on why I wasn't reaching for it. I like to have a hair oil around to smooth out the ends of my hair or to work into my scalp. I like it to be versatile. And the Uma was really just everything for me. So I think because I have that one in my mind as the best of the best, a lot of these other ones that I try tend to fall short. They're perfectly good, good products. So I would love for other people to get to try the Tabitha James Cron and the Captain Blankenship hair oils. Okay, I used maybe 75% of a pump jar of the Evan Healy Rose Cleansing Milk. This is described for all skin, especially combination and or mature. So the packaging is beautiful. It's a glass bottle with a pump. So having a pump for a cleanser is amazing. I wish more more brands did it because it just really facilitates the process and makes the cleansing experience more enjoyable. I don't know what it is about a pump. Okay, this product actually sadly dried my skin out. Maybe that is because it's formulated for combination, but the fact that they would say mature, a lot of mature skin tends to be lacking in moisture and hydration. So I don't I don't know what it is. This actually even made my skin a little bit like tingly. So something was just off between my skin and the formulation of this. It is, you know, I think supposed to be sort of a gentle 
creamy cleanser, a cleansing milk. This is something you would use as a second cleanse after an oil or a balm cleanser, makeup and SPF removal. But it just didn't work for me. And I don't think that it's necessarily a bad product the way if I thought it were a disappointing product. Like I think, for example, something like the Uni Celestial Cleansing Jelly, there's an example of a truly disappointing product. I have rail, railed about that product before, but it's so gimmicky and actually destroys your skin. And I don't think that that's just me. So there's a difference between what I'm including in this video and what would be a disappointing product. So I think Evan Healy does really beautiful skincare. That one just missed the mark for me. Okay, I have a pretty much full, I would say like 90% full pump bottle of the Hint Beauty Bioactive Marine Complex Skin Prep. This is a silicone-free serum that you would do before foundation if you are a foundation wearer. I'm pumping a little bit out now. The main reason I am including this here is because I just have no need for this step in my skincare routine. It's a it's pretty much a gel serum with kind of a, it has actually really quite a nice scent, very similar texture-wise to the Sun Prep, which is a parallel product, I guess you could say, in Hints range. It's their SPF, and it actually is super nice. I just couldn't stand the scent of that product, and I think I had critiqued it elsewhere. So a, a lot of people love that one. This actually does have a very silicone-y feel on the back of my hand. So if you... It, see, the thing is with products like this, a lot of it depends on where you're getting your SPF coverage and how you are working with tinted moisturizers or foundations or kind of like what that all looks like in your routine. So for me, I'm much more likely to use something like a Graydon Face Glow, which is more of an illuminating primer, which also has mineral SPF in it, although I don't think that it's formally rated yet. This is just talk about superfluous, of which I already said I don't necessarily believe in superfluous products in my routine. But I just, I couldn't find a use for this. I was never reaching for it because if I was going to reach for any kind of skin prep, it was going to be a more illuminating type of product. So not for me. Okay, brand new, full-sized, never used Maya Chia Eye Achiever Multi-Correctional Eye Serum. I kept this around because I did an Instagram post with, I had accumulated all of these eye serum rollerball products. And I wanted to do an Instagram post on this. I've gone through a full thing of this before. It was actually a Beauty Heroes Hero product from two years ago, I want to say. I think it's a good one. There are just others that I like quite a bit better. Notably, the Lil Fox Kalahari Eye Serum. I'm also currently using the Audacity Baobab and Sarsaparilla Rollerball. I like both of those a lot. This one is, it's honestly great. Sometimes it can be very difficult, I think, to discern the differences or the effects from an eye serum, I guess specifically an eye oil, a lot of them do kind of the same thing. A lot of it too, I think the the rollerball application across the board is really helpful for moving fluids under the eye and just kind of generally cooling and depuffing. But the actual formula, the only one I've ever felt really a difference in texture and absorption and flexibility as an AM or PM product is the Lil Fox Kalahari. That's probably my number one of all the eye serum rollerballs I've tried. So I'd like someone else to get to use this beautiful Maya Chia one because it is really quite nice. 
Okay, along the same lines, this was actually a product that I thought I liked and I used, I would say, a third of it before it, I don't know, kind of stopped working or the seasons changed or I don't know. It's the Blissoma Eye Vitalizing Nutrient Serum. I actually liked this much more in the summer, which would make sense to me. It's a very lightweight, watery type of serum. And I guess, you know, as skin ages, you do tend to get drier around the eyes. I've, I'm never, I was never someone that necessarily dealt with that as an issue. I will get like episodic eyelid dryness, but it tends to go away in general. I actually have quite oily eyelids and a pretty oily eye area in general, despite having pretty normal skin. So this is really a product for someone that does have, I would say, quite naturally oily skin or an oily eye area. And you just want something that's kind of cooling and refreshing to use in the morning. I do not think that it's enough moisture for anybody really overnight. And I had heard that people actually like to layer this, like they use this as a serum and then they'll do a cream or a gel or something over top. Again, I just don't think I have time for layering my eye care products. I'll layer my face products, obviously, but doing two eye products, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. (laughs) So I don't know. I I just, I kind of stopped liking it as much. And that happens sometimes with products. I just, I don't think that it's necessarily heavy hitting enough, but it's gentle and kind of, yeah, semi-pleasant to use, I guess. Okay. I have about half full travel size bottles of the Rawa Classic Shampoo and Conditioner. Wow. If I could tell you how much I have tried to like this brand, <laughs> I really want to like like Rawa. In general, I really love the smell of Palo Santo. Uh, I think it's beautiful and very comforting in a way, but something really misses the mark for me with these hair care products. And I see a lot of people raving about them and just no intiendo. I don't think that they're that effective, but it's almost like I get tricked with this product, right? So they've never really worked for my hair, but every now and then like this travel size of them will pop into my life through a PR box or, or whatever. And I'll try them and I'll be like, oh, actually like this is new and fresh and fun. And then as I continue to use it, I don't know. It's just like... It just doesn't really work for my hair. I don't feel that it's deeply cleansing enough, but it's going to be really, really dependent, I guess, on your hair type. They're very gentle, but I think that this brand is generally quite a bit of hype and the products just have never really worked for me. Okay, this is another brand that I have really wanted to like because they seem like a great company and the mission... And everything about the feeling of the brand feels wonderful, but the products have just consistently not worked for me. And it's the brand, lip product brand, Axiology. I tried a bunch of their, I think they're in like all new packaging. I don't, frankly, don't even remember what the old packaging looks like now, but the packaging is now all gold. And there were a couple of Beauty Heroes limited edition boxes featuring their lip crayons as well as their lipsticks. So I think I had tried like six different colors. I think one, maybe two of them still reside in my my lip product makeup bag. But I have two here, Enduring in the Lip Crayon and the shade Devotion. 
which is their soft cream lipstick. Okay, I actually also have one of their lipsticks in my disappointing products bag because the packaging broke, for lack of a better way to put it. The um, I don't exactly know what happened. It was one of the lipsticks, but they they're the kind of lipstick where you have to depress the bottom and then the lid comes off the top. And so something about the mechanics of the top lid came became detached. Anyway, I consider that to be grounds for being a disappointing product if your packaging falls apart that soon into having the product. But these two are in this podcast episode because maybe it's just that the shades aren't right for me. Enduring is kind of a... I don't know. I really, I don't really want to swatch it because I don't have anything... <laughs> handy nearby to clean it up. It's it's like a dusty mauve sort of color. And then Devotion is like a soft pink. But here's the thing. Axiology is like really the only lipstick brand I've ever tried that just, they have like this luster to them that I don't know, guys, like I just can't get down with it. I just wish that they would do like matte creams or at least like some in their range because I think they're such a great company but something about that their shades all, like pretty much consistently always miss for me. So maybe they work for you and that's wonderful. The formulas are, I would say like a pretty good average to good uh, as far as eco-beauty lipsticks go. Although I feel like lipsticks in this beauty niche that we're in are getting better and better. Side note, my Lisa Eldridge lipsticks arrived two days ago. I still haven't busted into them because I want to put them in a video that I'm doing, but I cannot contain my excitement. Okay, sorry. Not the point of this video at all, but lip products are something I'm very passionate about because I, I like at some point I should do my how I got into wearing bold lips on a like I will wear the brightest, boldest lip at noon on a Tuesday. But it took a while to get there. And I think it is such an interesting process to become a daytime bold lip wearer. It's such a state of mind. And I went through this whole process, I remember, I guess like in my mid to late 20s, where I just went through all these baby steps of getting up the courage to wear red lipstick during the day. And yeah, I'd love to share that with you at some point if there's any interest. Just a couple more things. I'm actually really impressed that I have gotten through this semi-expediently. Okay, this is a small like travel size bottle of the Saha John Ayurvedic Blend Balance Toner. This is a 30 mil one ounce bottle. I forget where this came in some bundle of products that I was generously sent. This brand is is intriguing to me. It's based out of Toronto. And right away, I love a brand that's going to formulate from an Ayurvedic perspective, similar to how I'm attracted to a brand that's going to incorporate traditional Chinese medicine, like Five Vienna, for example, and some other up-and-coming brands. And you don't really hear about Ayurveda a lot in the eco-beauty world. I know Josh Rosebrook, I feel like formulates with Ayurvedic herbs and talks about that, but I can't necessarily think of anyone else off the top of my head. This product is not for me. It is essentially an exfoliating toner. I used it once and I just am afraid of exfoli exfoliating toners. I am on a quest to find my perfect 
acid chemical exfoliating mask that I can use on a weekly basis because I don't, for my skin, I tend to shy away from physical exfoliation uh, because I have actually quite thin skin prone to broken capillaries on my cheeks and around my nose. And I've had estheticians advise me to stick with chemical or acid, fruit acid types of exfoliants. Anyway, so you would think that I would get down with a product like this, but this is similar to me for something as something like Iuna the Facial, or I, I don't know, I can't think of any other exfoliating toners in this space off the top of my head. It's become a super popular product, which I think is semi-problematic because I think it has encouraged the over-exfoliation of skin. In the grand scheme of things, I do think that this is pretty gentle. Some people really benefit from it, but I just am really not one of those people. My skin just most of the time wants the bare minimum. So I tried this. It kind of stung my skin, which isn't necessarily bad. I mean, I've still been trying to get the Maya Chia Refresh Mask to work for me. If you want to hear about that, in my Beauty Heroes review, I talked about how that was probably the most painful at-home mask treatment I had like ever used. It felt like I was being, my skin was being a little bit stabbed when I had it on my skin, but I've just been keeping it on for a much shorter amount of time and it's been working better. I'm still undecided with how I feel about it. It could end up in a future product crit video. Okay, so Sahajan Ayurvedic Blend is a miss for me, but the brand in general, I've heard positive things about the rest of their range from other people. Okay, I have a brand new unopened full-size detox mode happening scrub. This is with grapeseed, ginger, and grapefruit. Detox mode is the detox market's private label beauty product line that they came out with within the last year or so, I want to say. I've talked about this in previous videos a lot. I've commented on the branding, which reminds me so, so, so much. I'm going to mention it here because thinking about it makes me really happy. There's this music house music label that I, I want to say started in the early 2000s called Naked Music. It's like Think of Hotel Costs and M- Miguel Miggs and Mark Farina and Blue Six and people like that. They would release under Naked Music Recordings, I think. Anyway, the branding of the Detox Mode products makes me think of Naked Music. So if you know Naked Music, drop me a line because we are kindred spirits. And I've said that in videos. I've talked about this before in, but yeah, super music nostalgia. Anyway, I've tried several of the Detox Mode products. They're not necessarily for me. I don't really love the scent of this scrub. I've given away like several other bottles of it. It actually, the packaging is really, really nice for in the shower. It's plastic and it's in an upright squeeze tube. You kind of never really want to have glass in the shower uh, in general. And sometimes tub, like a lot of scrubs come in a tub form where you have to unscrew the lid and excess water can get in. So having watertight packaging for a scrub that you're going to keep in the shower is actually really good. The product itself, like I wish I could say that I that I like it and that I would use it, but I really just don't enjoy the scent that much. And that's really kind of the kicker for me. And I just have other scrubs that I like quite a bit better. Okay. This is somewhat random and perhaps like not not even really worth mentioning. It's a half full bottle of the Herbivore Jasmine Green Tea Jasmine Water Balancing Toner. I had had this kicking around in my travel beauty product stash. Before I moved to Chicago, I was actually in doing long distance with my now husband. 
So we were traveling like every, I felt like every week, at least every two weeks. So I was on the road a lot and I was going through lots and lots of travel products. So this is like fine. It's, I guess it's serviceable, I would say. It's not disappointing, but it's certainly like nothing really to write home about. That's kind of like all I have to say. <laughs> um, herbivore to me, it, the the products are like kind of middling, I guess. I have just found resonance with smaller niche brands, I guess I want to say. And not that there's anything intrinsically wrong with herbivore. They started out actually as quite a small brand, but I feel like as they've grown, some of the like potency has maybe just... I don't know. I'm going to, I don't ever want to like, you know, trash a brand. I can just say that I don't like love this product. So it's kind of like neither here nor there. Okay. Two more things. This actually could be considered disappointing, but disappointing in the sense that I had really high hopes and it didn't, they didn't work for me, but there's nothing really intrinsically wrong with this. These are the, wait, I'm trying to check and see what this is actually called. I bought a set of the Fleur Fragrances like Explorer or like trial set. It doesn't like, it doesn't have a name though. Okay, I'll try. I think that they still do this. It's a, I'll try and link this like wherever I'm linking all the products I talk about, but it's just a set. I think it's $20 and you can get it on Sephora or like any place where Fleur is sold. Fleur spelled P-H-L-U-R. And it's three sample vials of Sandara Hanami, Hanami, <laughs> Hanami, I think it is, and Olmstead and Vo. None of them worked for me. It could also be that I tried them when I was still too newly postpartum. I'm telling you, being pregnant, having a kid, being postpartum totally changes something about your body chemistry and the way fragrance smells on you or the way that you perceive fragrance. I don't know. It's like been a very, I still don't wear a lot of perfume actually, mostly because I always have the baby on me and I don't, I don't want the baby to be brushing up or inhaling or having skin on perfume and things like that. So I really limit the fragrance I wear, but all of these like missed the mark on me. I tried, I really tried to get them to work just, you know, spraying lightly on my clothes, mixing them with other things. And they were like sort of a fail for me. I know a lot of people really like them. Maybe they, Fleur does other fragrances that I should try, but not a hit. Okay, the last thing, I actually saved the best for last. (laughs) I kind of have anxiety about mentioning it. And this product actually is a bridge between product crit and disappointing products. I might, in fact, double dip and mention this in disappointing products as well, because it's frankly kind of both. I touched on this in a very high-level way in an Instagram IGTV video that I did, my very first one, which, by the way, was super easy to do, well-received. I'm going to keep doing them because it's a very easy way for me to get quick content out where I don't have to record and record separately and edit and upload, yada, yada, yada. I mentioned it when I was talking about the December Boxwalla box, which is featuring the brand Lapar, which I really like. But I mentioned in that IGTV that unlike the, I guess it was the October Boxwalla box featuring African Botanics, I really like the Lapar box. So Yes, I am including the African Botanics Lamask Hydrolift Intense 
in this product crit. I'm not sure I'm entirely done trying to get this to work, but I'm like 90% sure that I'm done. I have tried and I just do not understand this product. It, it literally does nothing to my skin. I can detect no discernible difference. I don't feel like, and I've used it several different ways. I've used it as a temporary like 15 to 20 minute mask. And when that didn't work, what people were saying was to mix it a small amount, mix it with a few drops of the face oil and use it as a sleeping mask overnight. Tried that. I don't know. How many times did I try it? Four, five, six times. Same result every time. This is supposed to be (laughs) like a facial in a bottle. I don't know what it is, guys. It sort of feels like the emperor's new clothes to me. A lot of influencers were raving about this. And I, you know, I get it. This brand is very covetable. I think by a lot of people, their price point is crazy. It this product retails, I want to say, for $180. And I am not, I don't think that that kind of price point on a product in and of itself is nuts. I mean, in some of Infiore's products are crazy expensive, but I actually feel and see a difference with those products. This I just couldn't, I couldn't get there and I really wanted to, and I would never trash a product during, I want to say like during an open enrollment period, but during an active, during a time when the box is active, when people are still like trying to decide whether they want it or not. I, it's hard, it's hard for me to say like, don't, don't buy it when this was generously sent to me to test. But I do feel like in the aftermath Especially, I don't know. It's it's kind of a conundrum, right? Because now the Lapar box, I am obsessed with. I gave it a huge thumbs up in my IGTV, but it's just inevitable that some products are going to resonate more with some people than others. And it's really tough to handle it as someone that gets the product to test out, whether you consider yourself an influencer or as I do, I consider myself more of a journalist than an influencer. Anyway... I'm probably going to do a version of this in my next disappointing products video. I think I'm going to do that in video form. So this is a good note to end on because I hope that I have now clearly illuminated the difference between products in this category, my product crit category versus disappointing products. So everything that I talked about in this episode, I think I'm going to be doing a first pass at giving it away to the live stream level. I'm going to do a live like Q&A and talking about like showing these products and seeing who wants what. And if there's anything left over, I'll probably divest it to the entire Patreon community and see who wants it. So if you are interested in participating in these product giveaways, again, because I receive a lot of products for free, I would never, ever, ever accept money for them. I would never even let people pay for shipping. I incur all of that cost. I just want the stuff to not go to waste. And I get so buried in product that... It really is a necessity to continually move things out. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was really, really fun to record. I feel like I'm kind of slowly getting the hang of podcasting, which is a very different animal than video, which is something I'm so used to. But it's really fun. I hope you guys are enjoying listening to these as much as I'm enjoying making them. I have so many ideas swirling for upcoming content, but as always, you can drop me a line with episode requests. I'd love to hear from you. Come say hi on Instagram, YouTube, Patreon, and can't wait to check in with you guys really soon. 